Knoxville Tower, runway 23 left at Alpha 8, taxi via Alpha Taxiway. No delay, wind 2904, runway 23 left at Alpha 8, clear for takeoff, traffic 3 mile final. Read back correct, tower for taxi, have a good flight. Welcome to From the Runway Up. I'm Becky. And I'm Caitlin. And we work in the Public Relations Department at McGee Tyson Airport in Knoxville, Tennessee. We understand that going behind the scenes in an airport these days isn't as easy as it used to be. So that's where this podcast comes in. Each episode, we'll give you a behind-the-scenes look of current events at our airport and in the aviation industry as a whole. So fasten your safety belts and join us on this aviation adventure. Welcome to this episode of From the Runway Up. Today, we are going to be talking about the airport's website. It is the most utilized form of communications that we use to distribute information, and it's where thousands, if not 100,000 people every month come to learn more about flight information, about the destinations that we travel to, anything airport-related. And so we have just recently undergone a redesign. Yes, and you don't really think about all that goes into designing and creating an airport website website, but I'm here to tell you that a lot goes into it. A lot of research, a lot of thinking how you all use our website, how we can get information to our users as as easy as possible. And so I'm really excited to talk more about what all went into this process. This what, six to eight month process? Yeah, probably even longer than that. We really look at how you use our site and what is the most information, what is the most popular information and and how to get that up front so that you get it immediately when you come because we know not everybody has time to start your website looking for things. And then we're required by federal and state law to provide some services for our website like ADA compliant. We are looking at uh, translation services. So we're going to talk about a lot today with, with my Oxley Carmichael that helped us to design the site. All right. Well, thank you all so much for being with us today. Can you start out just by giving our listeners a little bit of background about yourselves and then your role at Moxley Carmichael? John McCulley, I'm senior web developer. I've been at Moxley Carmichael for almost six years. I've been doing web development and corporate apps for about 15 years in Knoxville and the surrounding areas. I'm Charlie Sexton. I'm the creative director at Moxley Carmichael. I've been there 19 years this past January. Um, so, wow. yeah, uh, they keep letting me in, so I keep showing up and doing stuff. So <laughs> that, that works out fun. And I've got a great team uh, in the creative department, and we oversee all the creative aspects of our firm. Uh, I'm Katrina Roberts. I have been at Moxley Carmichael for about four years. I'm a graphic and web designer, and I've been doing graphic and web design for about four years. Oh, well, good. (laughs) Well, thank you all for joining us today. We all have gotten to know each other pretty well through a process that Caitlin's going to tell us a little bit about. Yes. So hopefully you all have noticed, all of you listeners out there have visited our website and have been pleasantly surprised at the new upgrades that we've all been working towards um, on flyknoxville.com. So this has not been a short process. I don't feel like it's we've been working together probably for the past nine months or so, but it's it's been a very rewarding process. And now that we're actually live and everything is um, is working properly and looks wonderful, it's it's been an awesome experience. So can you all before we get into the details, 
talk to us just a little bit about Moxley and do you all typically do airport websites or what services do you provide? Well, the airport website is the, the first time we've done an airport website and it, it has been a great experience and we've enjoyed the past nine months I'm working with you all and doing the research and getting to know you and uh, the special technologies behind the project and, and we're really proud of it as well. So we're, we're glad you're as happy with it as we are. Moxley Carmichael started primarily as a public relations firm, but it's evolved into a full service communications agency and we do all the relations, public, community, government, media, and we do a little advertising, a little marketing. And on the creative side of the shop, if it involves putting ink on a page or a pixel on a screen, um, the creative department has a hand in it for a wide, diverse client base. We've got clients in all industries. And so uh, we have a lot of fun with who we get to work with. How do you approach that creative process? So this is the first airport website that you've done, but websites are websites, right? Or no? I would say the process is the process. Yeah, I think uh, I think the process is is tight. We follow a set of guidelines that have helped us make very successful projects. But with an airport, it's a, it's a whole different animal. We've done websites in the transportation industry. We've done retail, anything you can medical. imagine. Medical. We've done convention centers. But the website is its own little municipality. It's like a zip code inside of a zip code. So it was interesting just researching for how many users that you would have and how many types of users you would have and the you know how they would use the website and the age gamut alone was so interesting to us because you know you've got the youngest user to the oldest user so it's it's it was just very interesting to do the research so that was a little different than our normal process because typically we would know our three or four user bases you know at in this one we had 12 to 15 different profiles that were kind of like it needs to work for all these people yeah, yeah. who uses an airport website <laughs> everybody <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yep. at least so, we hope yeah <laughs> so it was very interesting that way well and we didn't just you know choose you all arbitrarily with it we went through a very extensive RFP process. We got it approved by the board. And so I don't know if you listeners are familiar with how all that works, but this has been a very long process. And then I feel like, like you said, the research that you all have done behind the scenes, I feel like no button or no picture was chosen just for fun. And one of the best things that I think about our new side is the fact that it's ADA compliant. It's the first one the airport's done. So could you tell us a little bit about that feature and why it's so important for a website to have that feature. So ADA compliance covers a very strict set of standards and laws, especially for um, municipalities and government type entities. ADA compliance is important for a few reasons. The number one being you can uh, get huge fines for not being ADA compliant in upwards of $100,000. It's a it's a big fine. So you definitely want to make sure you're ADA compliant. But for this website, it was equally important because your user base spans such a gamut of people. So your website is ADA compliant for both the visually impaired and hearing impaired. It works with all the common screen readers and paralysis tools. Um, It's just a big gamut of uh, ADA compliance features. And I know we talked a little bit earlier about how your checklist for being a government entity was about three times as long as a normal website just because you have such a wide user base and uh, there's different ADA compliance laws that apply to you. But definitely very important in this day and age, especially 
especially with the type of user you have. This website can also be translated. Yeah, it works in English and Spanish. We have uh, other options as well, too. We can translate automatically in over 100 different languages. Yeah, and that's real important, too, because our community's demographic is really altering and changing, and we can't just make the assumption that everyone's going to understand the information that we put out. So, again, another important piece of the new website is having a translation piece along with the ADA. Those are my favorite. Those are the things that I think are going to be the most helpful for us. What has been your most favorite part of working on the project? I think from the beginning, the research was a really interesting piece for us to get to do. Every airport has its own personality, and sometimes it's linked to the city they're in or the region. So to figure out what this airport's personality is was really interesting for us. My personal favorite page on the new website is actually the ground transportation page. Um, I think we came up with a really great way to make that really usable for a lot of people and especially for mobile users who are just trying to get somewhere quickly. I think the ground transportation page is going to be really effective for them. And I think it's a small one of our smallest pages on the website, but it's my favorite. It's a little gem. Yeah. On the well, website. and John, you were saying that's one of the most visited pages on our website though. It right? is the number one page on your website. Which yeah. makes no sense to me because we're an airport. Not that it does really it does. But then there is so many again different types of uses for this site. And so I guess that doesn't surprise me in the long run. I really enjoyed looking at other airports' personalities too and kind of seeing, trying to find like, who are we? What is our personality? And, and I think we found that through really pretty visuals and color schemes that you all came up with. That was one of my favorite parts of the project was the design phase in that our team works uh, very collaboratively in parts of the project, but we also work individually. And it's, you know, no single one of us is as smart as all of us. And so when we band together on a project like this, uh, I think we get a better product. And in the design phase, when we were working independently, um, kind of brainstorming what to do, uh, we each had very unique pieces that we wanted to focus on. I wanted to focus on the navigation. Katrina had focused on uh, some of the page layout and John had focused on some of how the features should be displayed. And we feel like this website is a really good mashup of all of our design styles put together in one. We think that just really elevated it all together. What about you, John? What was your favorite? Uh, I'm a big back-end tech fan. Um, This website is so technologically diverse from the the flights display to the TSA time tracking to right in the navigation. You know, they built in this cool feature that tells the time and the date. And I think that's really cool. And just some of the things that made it repeatable so that you guys could do your workflow better. You know, the technology is just very exciting. There's, There's so many cool pieces that are, are new to us and new to me, and it was fun. And I have to say, I work, uh, it was so fun. I agree with Charlie about the collaborative part with the design. Uh, when you work with two world-class designers every day, you don't get the opportunity to touch a lot of pixels. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was fun to work together on that, but really neat to see the ideas come, uh, come together. When you talked about the functionality, that's one of the things that I love the most about the website is it looks beautiful. I love the visuals, but also there's a lot of key information on the front page even that our travelers will use. You know, like a website can be beautiful, but if it doesn't give you the information that you're looking for, it doesn't really matter. So I think the TSA wait times, the real-time parking capacity, I think that's huge. So I am just really glad that we were able to give our users valuable information that will help them as they travel through Mickey Tyson Airport. Well, and I appreciated your group's ability to go, oh, we, ha- we came up with an idea. Oh, yeah, we can do it. It wasn't automatically. No, that is not 
being able to be done. And it helps us to satisfy customer service things because we like to take in complaints, suggestions, things that would make it easier for you all the time. And it is like this golden thing that we want to do is be able to provide customers with the solutions to issues that they're having. And being able to work with you on this project has been like that, being able to apply for a job and electronically submit your application, something that seems pretty simple, but it had been kind of out of our reach to that point. So I appreciate your go-to attitude of, no, we're not going to say no. We might not do it the way you've asked us to do it, but there's a way to do it. Well, yeah, and I appreciate us coming up with ideas and you saying, that's great, but according to the research that we've done or like the pixel tracking, people aren't using your site like that. So I really appreciated you all coming back with, you know, those reasonings as to why we can do it, but we should do it this way versus the other way. Because it's easy for Becky and I to get so, you know, like honed into our website because we're in it every day. And then you all just kind of having the perspective of stepping back and saying, or we could do this. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and we've gone through a big timeline. And for someone or listener who maybe works for an organization that is about to approach this type of project. So what does an average timeline look like? What do you all do? What's your process to get to the final product? I think timeline would really be based on complexity of the project. The more complex the features or tech they want built in the back end, the more it's kind of going to push that timeline out. But we've had web projects run from three months up to a year. I mean, again, it depends on how big the site is, how many pages and, and things like that. But we really kick off the project with sort of that goals discovery session where we figure out, you know, pie in the sky, if your website could do anything that you wanted it to do for you and your users, what do you want it to do? And and that's where we kind of capture the pain points that people have been having. What are the questions that you're always asked that the website can help answer? What's some functionality that, that can be addressed online? And really map that out. And then we go into a whiteboard session where we map out information architecture. We had a great session here in the boardroom with you all where we mapped out the hierarchy of information on a page. No design documents are open. It's a marker in a board or a piece of paper and a pencil. And we really just kind of map out the flow of the site there uh, and refine that into some wireframing steps where we really get sort of that on-screen pixel view about how much real estate each bit of this information is going to take on the page. And then once that's finalized and clicked through, then we begin overlaying design and visuals. At the same time, content's being developed. When the design and the content are done, we marry those together in beta layout, test it um, a couple times there and tune it up, and, and then it's ready to go into the wild. You make it sound so simple. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it feels like it wasn't that easy for us. <laughs> you all were great to work with. I, I think one of the things that really helped this project, too, it's a big project, but you all had a very clear idea about here's what we need to accomplish. Here's how we need to serve the users, i.e. the customers. Here's what they need. Here's what we've heard from them. And here's some more ideas about what we want to provide them. So you guys made it easy for us, too, because you had a clear idea about what the goals were. And then we just kind of helped make those goals and dreams a, a reality. Well, then that's really step one for anybody listening who's getting into the start of this project is before you bring on a consultant to help you do the design, you really need a clear goal or direction of where you're going and a sense of aesthetic too. I know that we looked at a lot of websites, not just airport websites. We looked at tourism related, hospitality related, things that we saw other airports, not necessarily even airports, other organizations doing in a format to provide similar type of 
of information to get a good sense of what we wanted to be able to accomplish with the site. So having that clear vision before you bring someone on helps you all just get started that much quicker. And I felt like we knew we had that vision, but I think we more so knew what we didn't want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Which is just as important. You know, like we can't really picture what our website's going to look like, but we know we don't want it to look like We know we don't want red or we know we don't Mm -hmm. want this kind of picture. And it gave us excuses for those of you who are public relations practitioners or web developers that are listening. It gave us permissions to to spend some of our budget dollars on new photography and new audio and new some things that that don't you don't just automatically have all the time in your budget. But because we were doing this that we knew we needed those things, we were able to to get those in there. So it's a great time to really beef up your photo libraries when you're doing this. And speaking of photos, who wants to talk about the awesome thing that we did with the uh, homepage photos? So the header of your website is uh, time-lapse photos, and they change out at, correct me if I'm wrong here, John, it's at midnight, 5 a.m., 8 a.m., noon, 5 p.m., 8 p.m., and then we're back to midnight again. Mm-hmm. Get them all? Yeah. So it's the same photo, but depending on what time of day you're visiting the airport, you're going to get a different color palette slightly because the sun's going to be in a different spot. And it just adds a really awesome dynamic element to that homepage. So no matter when you're coming into the airport, it's going to look like when you're arriving there. So you're excited about the ADA compliance. I'm excited about the (laughs) (laughs) We just hope that people visit so many times during the day that they actually pick up on that, that they can see the evolution of that photograph. And that was one of the things that we had this crazy idea. And you guys were like, that'd be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we appreciate you all working that out for us. There are no bad ideas in Brainstorm. That's true. No, it's opened our eyes too to other opportunities with other products and tools within our toolbox here at the airport. But I was wondering, you've worked on this project, it being your first airport project. Are there things that we did for this website that you're going to go, I'm taking that and that'll be something we can use for another client? The time lapse. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's coming Caitlin. with me. Truly. <laughs> no. I'm going to be so mad. I'm going to look at all your websites. <laughs> no. uh, there's a lot of great functionality. A couple of the pieces that will live on is, you know, we develop our websites on a custom framework that we built. And there's a couple of pieces that we built just for your website, a clonability of your posts so that you could clone anything on the website. That's something we hadn't really done before. So uh, that'll that piece will come along with other projects because it makes a lot of sense. And then a couple other things is the um, mobile ADA accessibility. On a lot of websites, mobile ADA accessibility is as easy as just hiding a bunch of stuff that doesn't matter. But with your website, we had to show a bunch of stuff and still make it matter. So we built the checklist into the framework for the future of websites to kind of see if it hits all the marks. And in the back end of your website, it's got an ADA compliance checker that if you guys do something that's not ADA compliant, it comes up and warns you and tells you you're pulling yourself out of compliance. So that's something that we built into our framework that'll come along with a, with a lot of future projects. So we talked a little bit about y'all's favorite parts of the project. What were some of the, the challenges with working on an airport website? Well, I think as much as we all loved tackling a project that really does have to cater to everyone, I think that's also a big challenge too, because it does have to cater to everyone. So that was a really unique challenge for us to get to tackle. Anything else? The tale of 10,000 PDFs. Yeah. And you guys have a lot of documents. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Listeners, if you would like some light reading, you can go to the documents page of our website and scroll through all those wonderful PDFs. Yeah. (laughs) Which was interesting just to make sure, uh, you know, we make checklists when we bring over content from uh, an old website to a new website and a lot 
of those documents had to come over. And that checklist was nine miles long. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of, you know, just making sure that all those things were in the right place, that they went to the right pages. That well, and if they're missing, people will know. Yeah. <laughs> in the At ADA least compliance. one person will yeah. know. <laughs> you know, and then uh, we had to run them all through what's called OCR, which provided a screen read copy for your ADA compliance because all those PDFs had to become ADA compliant. So it was it was an interesting interesting feat because you know, you look at the website and you look at certain sections, you think there's eight or ten PDFs, but then you get on there and there's actually um, you know being more realistic, a little over a hundred. And it's like, oh, these got to go, and they got to they got to make sure we got to make sure they're ADA compliant. It's it's an interesting feat. Yeah, because we are required by federal law because we accept grant money to have things like our budgets out there, like our CAFR, different things that are out there that we have are required to do. What you said really gets to me though. OCR optical character right? Mm-hmm. So it had to go and interpret every one of those documents. That just blows my mind. And some of those, those documents are 100 pages yeah. long. Technology is built into the back end. So when you upload a PDF, it automatically OCRs it for screen readers in the future. Very interesting. What do you think? We've talked about the websites like now, and we know that websites get old pretty quickly. Are there some things that you see us maybe evolving to as we go down over the next year or two, looking at how the, the site could evolve? <laughs> let's get our crystal ball out. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. look into the future here. I think with the push for more mobile, you know, we've, we've, we're already feeling everything translating to mobile. And I feel like part of the web design process is you design for desktop first. Okay, that's kind of your, kind of your core code base. I think if anything changes in the near future, it's going to be mobile first for more projects. I think what Charlie's saying is right. I mean, when you, when you talk about the mobile first innovation for websites, everything we do as far as innovating this website is going to be to make it more mobile friendly than it already is, which it's super mobile friendly now. But if you imagine like on your flights page, being able to give people notifications about the flights automatically and things like that. And then I'm sure there's other things that, especially from a design standpoint, that we would work on as far as as far as mobile too. Mobile navigation is a big thing. Mobile navigation it can become a big bottleneck, and it gets stale really quick. So it's it's one of those things that it's good to make it dynamic. Good, good to make it function and flow better. What other features can we add in mobile navigation? We've done websites where we put search bars in mobile nav and subscribe buttons and things like that. Does that make sense for your user? And then I'm sure there's other things that I'm not thinking about. You know, it's with AI being the the, you know, tech word du jour and focus, I kind of look forward to how AI will inform the type of website that's served up to you based on information that it already has on the app that you bought your ticket through, what your itinerary looks like on your calendar when you get to that city. And so then when you hit that airport's website, is it going to serve up a different experience based on those precognitive things that it already knows about. That would be great. Well, yeah, one of the features we talked about maybe for an upgrade in the future a while back was doing an actual dark mode for the website where, you know, it had a different color palette at night, uh, which would be a super interesting and easy to implement feature. Just be a a matter of figuring out how to reverse type all those things on the website. But that was a neat feature that I know we all three talked about at the beginning would be a, a neat thing for the future of the website as well. And with the airport being kind of a gateway to a community, whether you're coming to East Tennessee or another city, how could your mobile experience be informed based on that information of where you're going to be, the, the meetings you may be attending, 
where you're going to have dinner that night. Um, so I could see an airport website sort of being the, the entree into all of that information about where to go eat or what to do while you're in town or quickest route to get to, to where you're trying to go. So you don't see websites slowly tapering off in their involvement in something replacing it. You just see the website evolving to meet that change using different technologies. I think so because it also, the, the website keeps the control inside the organization. It's one thing to have the social media presence and, and the argument can be made that everything you do on a Facebook page can be done via website. So why do you need a website? Well, because... For all my PDFs. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can't OCR the PDFs yeah. on Facebook. We all know that. But it does keep that control in-house yeah. for you all about experience and messaging and the information you want to provide your users. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, of course. Yes. Podcast? Yeah. Sure. What was your favorite part of the process? Getting it done. Yes. <laughs> because it has been something that has been a pet project for us for a very long time. Uh, we struggled with the back end of the previous design a bit, but we were having to tell our internal clients, no, we can't do this. No, we can't do that. And that is always not how we want to do business within our department, even if it's just to our internal publics. So having it done and having the capabilities in place to meet the needs of our company and not only to the public, but to our internal markets is like, I'm so glad that it is done. But I have also enjoyed the uh, process of really talking through and thinking through what role this plays and what kinds of information goes on here and what is old news that you can throw out because it's kind of like your Facebook feed and your friend group. You don't clean them out like you should. So this was really kind of a process to say, do we need a blog? Do we need all these things on that site? Are they all contributing at the level? So it was a good inventory communications audit for us. Mm -hmm. I think I kind of said it earlier, but I think just being able to provide information on our website that is usable. You know, that the people are actually coming to our website to find out. You know, as we continue to grow at the airport, we do have a line at the checkpoint. And so when people come to our website, that wasn't information that was provided to them. And now it is, you know, and with parking capacities being an issue, we're facing it on our homepage. And so I think just being able to communicate our growth and communicate where we're at, if you are traveling, you know, just being helpful, I think is one of the most important things for us to travelers and then to our internal audiences, like you said being able to provide some of those back-end capabilities that were always, oh, no, sorry, we can't do that, to, oh, yay, yeah, now we can. You know, so it's just kind of those little small wins that I think have been so important. And the things, John, that you have put into the back will save us so much time. Mm -hmm. The cloning, yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. that would be nice. But just some of the things that technology has advanced since the last time that we did a website. So it makes it easier for us to better accommodate the information that we have and how to present that in the most effective way and in the most quick way. And we really appreciated the creativity that your team brought to the table of what options we have. You think about the things that you know. You don't think about the exposures you don't have. So y'all brought to the table expertise far beyond what we knew was capable of our website. So that's one of the other things, too, is it's better than than we ever imagined it would be. That brings me, um, for example, the ride sharing page where we have like a little map where you're in the terminal and it shows you walking directions to the ride sharing location. What? That's awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. we didn't think of that. That's something that you all brought to the table as you were building the page. So I think just 
it's going to be so user friendly and I'm just really excited for our users to get in there and, and start experiencing it. So if people wanted to know how to get in touch with Marksley Carmichael on doing something similar to this or some other kind of communications or public relations outreach, how do they do that? Best place to find us would be our website, moxleycarmichael.com, or they can call the main number 865-544-0088. And no project is too small or, or too large. And, and we've got a very capable team. And uh, I, I think we've got great writers on staff, great editors, and we've greatly enjoyed this project with you all. And thank you very much for trusting us to work on this. And we've enjoyed the experience as well. And we think it's a great product as well. Hopefully listening to that interview made you very excited to go check out the new flyknoxville.com. Or even do your own website and really begin to look internally at a communications audit for your organization. Redesigning this website has definitely made me appreciate every single website that I go to. And you really just kind of think about everything that went in behind the scenes. Really interesting. Yeah, so if you're interested in our progress and how this came to be, check out fromtherunwayup.com for our show notes. Yeah, and be sure to give us your feedback. Um, That's how we created this new website by user-generated feedback. So check it out and let us know what you think. Thank you for listening to this episode and please check us out at fromtherunwayup.com to subscribe to our podcast and listen to past episodes. And be sure to rate us on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. So thank you so much for tuning in and we hope that you'll join us again next time.